Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, making it happen on a short week as the Jets travel to Indianapolis for Thursday night football against the Indianapolis Colts. And before we can start, Cynthia, before we even get to the coin toss, recording earlier in the week, the short week, is this, you know, throwing off your your module or your model and your number crunching? Like, it, what, what is the... Take us behind the scenes for you trying to get prepared for this game. Well, let's be honest. This week was a little weird in terms of all across the league. There were a number of starting quarterbacks that were not starting. So it's already been a little difficult. But your girl made it happen because there's always Thursday Night Football. So it's just when I get to do the Jets show and Thursday Night Football, it's just a little extra. But it's all it's all good. It's 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 all, you know, we have it every week. So it's just it's just more fun because I, I get to go a little deeper into this one. All right, and now we're officially in November, but, you know, we'll, we'll get to Thanksgiving stuff in a little bit. We're in this kind of lull, you know, where between Halloween and Thanksgiving, I'm here for it. It's peacoat weather. I'm all about it. Peacoat. Cynthia, heads or tails, as always? I Are you feeling spicy and we're going heads or we're just going with tails always? I am as loyal as they come. We're going tails. Okay, all right. That That is exactly what I expected. And it is a tails. All right. Congratulations. You have won the coin toss, Cynthia. So you have the option. Would you like to talk about the Jets offense or the Colts offense first? I want to talk about the Jets offense. (laughs) All right. Let's just talk about, let's start where everyone wants to start. Let's talk about Mike White in the first quarter. I don't mean the first quarter of the game against the Bengals. I mean, in the first quarter of this podcast, we're kicking it off with Mike White, his performance against the Bengals, obviously, allowed him or now he's the starter against the Colts this Jets passing offense against the Colts passing defense what do you expect from Mike White in his second start with the green and white I expect kind of something similar now what you saw was he started 11 for 11 that has some amazing historical consequences but also you saw short and quick passes that were super efficient they were on all the different sides of the field it wasn't just like one short and quick pass to the same person, although there was a lot of Michael Carter in that. But you saw a lot of diversity and you saw a lot of slot, like everything that favored the slot. Jamison Crowder, obviously very good in the slot. So I think you see more of the same. And I do think that you will see a little bit more of the deeper pass slung in to target some of the, you know, they're they're missing pieces in their defensive backfield. So, or, you know, to injury. So that could be an area that where we see a little bit of a few more strategic deep passes. So watching the game Sunday, Cynthia, it felt like the Bengals gave up a lot of the underneath stuff. That's also what Robert Sala was saying, which allowed guys like Michael Carter, who we'll talk about, and Ty Johnson to basically eat up a lot of the the checkdowns. Now, if the Colts decide to press up a little bit, first of all, do you expect them to do so? And second of all, going hand-in-hand with the deep shots, can you talk about the injuries that the Colts are dealing with right now in the secondary? So, first of all, the strength of the Colts' defense, they've got a great pass rush. Remember, Matt Eberflus is their defensive coordinator. You can look at his history, like from the Cowboys, et cetera, to see what kind of defenses he likes to put together. He's got a great pass rushing situation. They traded to you know trade deadline week, so we can we can talk about how they got from the San Francisco 49ers to Forrest Buckner, who's had a sack in like four games straight. The interesting part there, though, is a strength is, remember, usually it's their linebackers. Remember, a couple of years ago, we couldn't stop talking about Darius Leonard every single week. But then now you kind of have some interesting notes and flavors with 
some of their secondary, like I, I don't like calling people out for being, you know, not, not having their best game, but there are some ways to target some of their corners, especially the younger ones that are, that are, are, are exploitable. Cynthia, what did you make of this Jets receiving core last week against the Bengals, especially given that Corey Davis did not play? And as we record this, his status for Thursday is to be determined. Why was that Keelan Cole touchdown not a touchdown? That was my favorite grab of like the entire season. So I know. I and digress. Then, I digress. And then this Braxton Berrios had an awesome touchdown as well. But like because we had that Keelan Cole touchdown in our let it burned into our brain. It was like, well, yeah, that was like really awesome. But the other one was like amazingly awesome. <laughs> it was crazy. So look, the, what I thought they did really well was everyone, it was a team win. And although some stats look better than others, it was a it was a complete team win. If you look at Mike White, doesn't become eighty two point two percent completion percentage percentage effective if everyone isn't doing their job, if they're not running the correct routes, if they're not making their assignments on, in the in the O line, if they're not you know creating the the space to run. I mean, Michael Carter, if you look at the runs that he had, and obviously you kind of fantasy managers who you know maybe they played him right, they got a bajillion points from him, but. He was super effective, 5.8 yards per rush against a light box, meaning they recognized when they had fewer, you know, fewer defenders in the box. And he was able to run to the tune of 69 of his 77 yards came in that situation. So picking up the recognizing the different scenarios that they were in, that's really like very cool to figure out, especially with change at quarterback, a lot of young players. A lot of people who have, there's been a lot of injuries in and out. They haven't played this, you know, consecutive snaps together like some of the other teams have. Like, it was a really special team win. And I expect everyone to, you know, sometimes that positive momentum creates like more positive momentum, right? And doing your assignments and figuring out where you're supposed to go and actually doing it, being consistent, that's the best way to win. All right. Well, let's talk about this to wrap up the first quarter. One, were you surprised by the amount of pass attempts that Mike White threw? And two, do you think, that the Jets will try to repeat that in Indianapolis, or do you think it'll be more of a balanced attack? Okay, so I, I got some history for you. We're going to do a little history lesson here, and I wrote it down because okay. we're, we're taping this early, so I haven't had time to totally memorize it yet. But <laughs> I'm, I'm more of like a context person, not like a here's the step. But th this is pretty, pretty impressive. Okay, Mike White became the second quarterback since at least 1950 with 400 or more passing yards in his first career start. You know who the only other guy? This is since 1950. Like, not just Jets. Like, this is 1950 for everywhere. You know who the only other guy was? Uh, is it Cam Newton? It is. Yep, 422 yards. That was against Arizona in 2011. 405 passing yards, the most for Jets quarterback since Vinny Testaverde, third for 482,000 against Baltimore. Ridiculous. He had 11 straight completions to start the game. That's the longest streak to start a game by a quarterback in his first career start. Not just Jets, in his first career start since 1978. You and I were both not even bored. I don't even know, like, I, like ridiculous, right? Like, I, anyways. So I, I think that those are worth saying because that's some good I history. Think, I think. That, that was a good history lesson. That was a good history. You no, know, we do, we do it all here: math, history, and coin flip. Also, you, yeah, coin flip. Yeah, toss it in there. Toss, no pun intended. Coin flip. Uh, anyway, so here's the thing, though. There is a saying, and this is how we'll end the first quarter. I, I we don't need a rebuttal here. There is a saying, history repeats itself, and we will see what happens on Thursday night.
WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. All right, quarter number two. Let's talk about this Jets rushing offense. You've been saying for weeks now about Michael Carter. You've been talking about him for a long time, right? The numbers on the left side against the Falcons were good despite the overall team numbers. I would say not as good this past game. Michael Carter had his best performance as a pro, not only rushing the ball, but also talk about what he did in the, in the check down and the short pass, which you also kind of consider a rush. What did you make of his performance and how difficult is this matchup now against the Colts front, which you just talked about? So if you look to see Michael Carter had plus 15 rush yards over expected. So next gen stats does these stats where it's like, when you do something over expected, it's like, an average quarterback in these historical situations in this down distance, you know, score situation and time, time remaining, this is what they, how many yards they got. Well, anything that's over one is really good. 15 is excellent. Like for a season, a guy like Derrick Henry will get like, I don't know, like 150, but remember that's not in a single game. So like, that's like a 10 game average would be 15, right? 15 times 10. So that's an interesting note. Like that's a really, really helpful thing. It also contextualizes the value of the O-line, meaning the O-line played really well in this one. So that's awesome. All that is good. And if you think about all of the different ways that Michael Carter was useful, it's like those, those check down passes. And I actually don't know if they're all, to be honest with you, giving yourself options isn't sometimes people use the word check down in like the pejorative. I think creating options that are high probability options, like every quarterback in the league from guys who've won MVP to not, that is the way that they all win, getting multiple people open so the defenders are confused. Now, when you look to see where this Colts defense has been susceptible, they can create, they don't play one type, like often the Patriots are known for like they only play man, right? Well, they don't play one type of defense. So throwing them off balance with the, the distribution between pass and rush is even more effective when you play a defense like this Matt Eberflus Colts. And I love Matt Eberflus. I just also like saying his name. So, you know, it's because it's a fun <laughs> one. But 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 my point is, is, you know, they're even more susceptible to it because they don't have the like, you know, shut down corners like like the, the Patriots typically have, just a Jets opponent that you're used to seeing, right? So if you create confusion and you create manageable downs and distances, it's all about staying effective on first and second down. If you do that, it's going to be hard for them to stop because while I while I like this Colts defense, they're they're not they're not like the Patriots with the man and the they're not like the the quarterback beaters like you get with all the different looks from even from a blind Brian Flores defense last year. Remember when they were having all those interceptions? All right. Well, I got to talk about Matt Eberflus just because you said his name last week. It was Larry Ogunjobi and C.J. Uzama. This week, it is Matt Eberflus. And I mean, is there any other name that stands out to you on the all-name team? Brian Gutekinst. I mean, listen, the GM of the Packers, like, I, 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 you know, I, I spoke to him once and he was like, you know, you do a bang-up job of saying my name. I was like, listen, <laughs> your girl, take Thank that you. compliment. Thank you. You're doing Very like nice. Gutekinst, Gutekinst. He sounds as though he were born of a cheese curd, so he really can't have any other job. 
Think about it. Uh, Brian Gudikins doesn't work in Jacksonville. Brian Gudikins doesn't work in Los Angeles. Brian Gudikins only works in Minnesota. Or I mean, Wisconsin. He could work in Minnesota too, but Wisconsin. He could have, but mm -hmm. you know they they happen to be rivals now. But that's okay. You did okay. a great job saying the name not once but like seventeen times. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. One last thing on the Colts rushing defense and the Jets rushing offense. One, I think we got to give a little more love to Ty Johnson because he really ran with some attitude this past weekend. While he didn't have the same numbers as Michael Carter, he was a big piece to why the Jets offense was so successful. And you mentioned Darius Leonard. Can you talk about that linebacker combo between Darius Leonard and Bobby, what is it, Okereke, Okikari? It's close. It's got to be close. You're good. Perfect. We can say it however we want on this podcast. This is a Jets podcast, not a Colts podcast. We're fine. Thank you. <laughs> as long as you well, say full right what do you think fine. about the, what do you think about them the the linebacker combo there so they're the thing about linebackers is now like we see these things right like there's coverage linebackers and then there's linebackers who are kind of like normal the way that the league is changing given the fact that we see one more mobile quarterbacks just kind of you know there are very few true pocket passing quarterbacks less two They've changed, we've changed the way running backs operate. You know, you used to call a pass catching back a scat back, and you can't even call them that. Now it's like a multi-purpose Swiss Army knife tool, blah, blah, blah. We have all these like more positive ways. But it's true because we're using short passes more often. Then you have, you know, the the evolution of like the safety linebacker and then even corner position. It used to be a mean thing to call someone a slot corner. Now it's like you need a bang up slot corner and you need it fast because there's great tight ends and, and running backs that do kind of this in the middle stuff. So clogging the middle of the field is a really big problem. Well, when you look to see what the Colts are good at, especially Darius Leonard, he can get sideline to sideline really, really quick. So what you need to do is basically create your short yardage, middle of the field stuff that tricks him, gets him out of the way. So he is very, very fast and his point of attack is excellent. His burst from like where he's standing to like going towards a running back or going towards, you know, dropping back in coverage, which is, you know, a, a very, a, it's a different, um, you're going in a different direction, obviously. He's one of the every single year fastest. So he's going to be a problem. However, having multiple running backs like this creates a nice upside where if one doesn't work out or whatever's working to the outside, doesn't probably try something to the inside. I would just say play the hits and again, go behind Elijah Vera for any of the running backs and no matter what you're doing, right? So if you're going to run it, do that. If you're going to use short passes, I actually think your, your pass offense is really constructed well to take advantage of some of these short passes and create mismatches away from guys like Darius Leonard. All right. I love it. And also we had to throw out Elijah Vera Tucker in there. Brian Baldinger put out a breakdown on his Twitter account and he called him Interstate 75, which goes hand in hand with what he called Mackay Becton last year, Highway 77. So if we can get Highway 77 and Interstate 75 together at some point this season, which a lot of Jets fans are hoping for, that left side of the line is going to be fun to watch. Just putting that out there. Absolutely. So. And you can't talk about Baldy without, I mean, his finger is, have you, it's, he has, his fingers are just so epic. Like every time I work with him, I'm like, Ooh, do it again, do it again, Ooh, do it again, do it again. <laughs> you know what? You know what? This is going to be our halftime conversation. This is how we're going to kick it off. The second quarter is over. My favorite Brian Baldinger photo now that we're in halftime was, you know, he does the Baldies breakdowns when he's like on vacation. I actually think those yeah. are like, those are funny as all can he's be. Great. He, he tried to put up like one of these, right? Like, cause he was surfing and the finger was just, it was, it, it was, it was vertical. It was a vertical up down. It was. It was an impressive photo. I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. No, Baldy is like 
number one, he's like one of the nicest human beings on the planet. He's super funny. During the draft every year, we do a number of shows together. And at, inevitably at some point, like the camera will catch me being like, like, just cause like it, it never gets old. Cause I'm like, he's waving that thing around. <laughs> I like Baldy's big boys are the, my favorite when he talks about alignment. He's, oh yeah. Baldy's big boys. <laughs> Baldy's big boys. All right. It, do you have any, anything else you want to throw out there at halftime right now? Or are we just going to move on? Well, I want to know. So you, how do you go to India a lot? Like, I mean, I spent some time there for the combine. Do you go to India a lot? I've been for the combine and it's like, I love the combine. The combine happens to be one of my favorite weeks of the entire calendar. It's the year. best. It's the, it's the, it's the best reason to work in football for anyone. But my question is, is where is your indie restaurant? Cause like this is a amongst football mm -hmm. folks, there are really yes. only, there is really only one answer here and it's it, whether it's cliche or not, it is, there's only one answer. Well, I feel like what you're, what you're getting at is St. Elmo, isn't it? Or St. Elmo's, however you want to pronounce it. And it's fantastic. I will say that last time we went as a department here at the Jets, we had, we had a, a, a an ex I don't, I don't want to say a bad experience, but we didn't have as good of an experience as the year before that. And last year or 2019, right before the pandemic really hit, we went to Harry and Izzy's, which is the sister restaurant for lunch. And we had a great time there. And I'm hoping to go back there for either lunch or dinner. And the Knicks play the Pacers Wednesday night. I mean, I feel like I got to go. So, but the answer is St. Elmo's. Ooh, yeah, I like it. It's the same for you. I mean, look, it's just iconic because it's freezing and they have that good, like everyone talks about the, you know, the shrimp cocktail with the very spicy, with the extra horseradish in it. But right. listen, I just really wanted to talk about the combine because it's incredible. It's like the best, like I said, it's, <laughs> it's the best weekend in, in all of India is like a randomly cool town for being in the middle, like, you know, middle of nowhere. And they do a good job with their restaurants and it's, it's easy, very manageable. They do. I will say, um, if you've been to Indy before, if you're listening to this or if you're watching this, I want to know what Kilroy's looks like out of the combine week. So I might have to make my way over there for, for, you know, a sports game or something. We'll see That's what happens. Point. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you I know mean, how that is. Are you going to be able to go see the Knicks? I'm hoping to. Good. I'm hoping we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be, that's fine. It's very, it's fun to see. It's a totally different stadium than, than anything you've got in New York. Like I know it's MSG, but like it's totally different. You're going to be like, Whoa, where's the rest of it? Hey, Yes, I, I've been there. I went there once and it was great, but you know, it's a little different with when your Knicks play in Indianapolis. Get to MetLife Stadium this November and see your New York Jets host two big divisional matchups. On Sunday, November 14th at 1 p.m., the Jets square off against the Buffalo Bills. This game will also be the annual salute to service celebration. And then on Sunday, November 21st at 1 p.m., the Jets take on the Miami Dolphins presented by ShopRite. Lock in your single game or group tickets today at nyjets.com slash tickets. So with that, that puts a bow on halftime. Let's move into the third quarter here. It's time to talk about Carson Wentz and this Colts passing offense against this Jets passing defense, which held Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase really much in check last week against the Bengals. What do you make of this matchup from a wide angle lens right now? Okay, so let's start with Carson Wentz just because that's like sort of the easier place to start here. Wentz is three. He, look, he, he doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. He had three last week. And remember, he had a bunch of weird turnovers. Carson Wentz has been kind of two different people. He's been this guy that's been turnover prone. And then we saw him go through a historically for him long streak and not throwing any interceptions. And then last week at the end of that indie or the, the Tennessee game, 
weirdness, like just weird, weird stuff. Not dissimilar from Joe Burrow's interception that was, you know, I guess it's Shaq Lawson's, but, you know, interestingly enough, but it was, it was a strange thing. So if you look to see, you know, last year, remember he led the league with interceptions with 15. The interesting part, if you first three quarters, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, this guy doesn't usually throw three touchdowns. It's like his first time he's done that in, I don't even know what, since week 15, 2019, right? So two years. And then the crazy pick six in the fourth quarter, very ill-advised. And he's got a great O-line. The story of this team is going to be Jonathan Taylor and the O-line because Carson Wentz, while he's been, they've done a really good job with him. It's been crazy. And that's an area to exploit. If the O-line holds up and keeps, you know, the Jets had 11 pressures last game and they had really key pressures. 11 isn't like a super high number overall, considering the number of snaps that there were, but the key times when turnovers and when the pressure really mattered, like, you know, you had the Shaq Lawson interception, obviously. And then you had, you know, um, obviously Sheldon Rankins then sort of sealed the deal with that sack late in the fourth quarter. So the key pressures at key times are going to be the difference maker in this one. So when I look to see, you know, where, and, and obviously the Jets did a really good job in the secondary. Jamar Chase had zero deep receptions. Bryce Hall, congratulations. You had a really good game, like really good game plan. Obviously the two number one guys, CJ Uzama and you know, and uh, and Jamar Chase were held in check completely, counting on Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Like th- they had not shown up all season long. That was a really smart game plan. So uh, fronts and backs work together, and if they can keep working together like this, it's really going to be about don't let the run game, especially Jonathan Taylor, get going too consistently because that's an area where, like we saw Joe Mixon have one touchdown on the ground and one touchdown through the air. That's an area where Jonathan Taylor could be very useful. And we're definitely going to talk about that in the fourth quarter. Let's let's talk about this Colts receiving core. They're going to be down T.Y. Hilton Thursday, but Michael Pittman seems like he's really emerged in his second season. They've also got Zach Pascal and then two tight ends and Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox. The options there, right, for the Colts, is Carson, do you like the options there? And would you say that Carson Wentz is reliant on one guy more than another, or it's really just relying on the guys in front of him and behind him. And then we'll see what he's got in terms of the outside weapons. Well, if you want to, if you missed that game, if you're a Jets fan and you missed the Titans Colts game last week, and you want to see like what their team's all about, go watch in the first quarter, like the first five minutes or whatever it is. And you see two touchdowns for Michael Pittman jr. And two designed. I mean, that's, the first, you know, the first 20 or 25 offensive plays are the scripted plays, right? And the scripted plays all went to Michael Pittman Jr. So it seems, and by the way, in the game prior, the Colts game prior, Pittman had like 10 targets and caught all 10 of them. Like he's he's like very consistent for Carson Wentz. So clearly he's looking for Michael Pittman Jr. So stopping Michael Pittman Jr. down will will really be a key to whether or not, you know, what what happens with this offense. Like He's completely looking for Pittman Jr. first. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. 
All right. That wraps up the third quarter. Let's wrap up the game preview podcast presented by WinBet with our fourth quarter, which is presented by Homefield IT. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor feels like he's a young bull because he runs hard. He gets a lot of carries. He's got a good offensive line in front of him. So what do we need to know if you're a Jets fan? What do you need to know about Jonathan Taylor heading into this matchup and just how important is he to this Colts offense? Okay, so he has one or more rushing touchdowns in five straight games. He had recorded 478 rush yards, 95.6 yards per game, and six rushing touchdowns over his last five games. It's a pretty big number, right? So where are those rushes coming, and how do you shut them down? You you have to first look where are the matchups that are Because the Jets' front is the strength of this team. So it's kind of like – it's not actually dissimilar to, to some of the strategy with the Bengals. Joe Mixon was super useful for the Bengals. Got it. But what are the Jets going to do to give up, to not give up, you know, so many of the deep plays or so many of these big plays? It's okay to get chunk yardage as long as it's manageable. It's more of a bend, don't break, right? But it's a smarter strategy against Jonathan Taylor, who typically he's he's very useful outside. He's good inside, though. They don't use him as much on inside runs, or they haven't as recently, even though they've got Quentin Nelson at left guard, who's ridiculous like I, I don't know another word for for that he's really good so you know it's it, he's a ridiculous left guard. like w- yeah. want to see how left guards are supposed to play like that he was worth the first round pick and you almost never see such a high first round um you know top top five even top 10 as a guard position so you know watch watch him he makes a huge difference their o-line in general is really really good so want to watch all the diversity of their their different runs and their looks motion is an interesting thing it's going to be an interesting thing in this game because they don't use it as often as some of the other teams but when they do it's been pretty effective so i'm i'm interested to see how how they'll craft this one to create you know a lot of different looks to to really try to because it's kind of a good matchup for the Jets meaning the Jets the front is so much stronger and stopping their run seems like something they can they can craft because obviously Robert Sala is really good at that but then you and then they're not so great in their passing game or they're they have inconsistencies in their passing game so if they can you know slow the run down enough to force deeper throws and put Carson Wentz in these like weird situations where he just throws like just watch the fourth quarter and you're like, what, what is this? What first three quarters? Really good. Fourth quarter. Like who is this person? It's like totally different. Like a, like he was haunted. It was Halloween. He got haunted in the fourth quarter. If you don't know the interception that Cynthia referred to, just go to YouTube, watch the Titans Colts highlights. It, it was a very peculiar play. That's all I'll say about that. And for the Jets rushing defense, Cynthia last week, Joe Mixon held to 33 yards on 14 carries. That's an average of 2.4 yards per carry. And obviously Joe Mixon means a lot to the Bengals. Jonathan Taylor means more to that offense, I think, than Joe Mixon does to the Cincinnati Bengals. So that is definitely the matchup to watch. If you're a Jets fan, the Jets defensive line against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts offensive line. That was the fourth quarter presented by Homefield IT, which means we have one last segment, the overtime segment, which also means that, Cynthia, the floor is yours for any final thoughts before the Jets kick off in Indianapolis Thursday night. I just want to talk about how good of a team win. I, I I can't get like I was so happy watching the Bengals game. It was so much fun because this was a true like team win. Next Gen Stats does a prediction of the win percentage, right? So it got down to four percent. Four. Like that's that's not good. I just totally messed up the focus. Oh, there it is. We're back in focus. Um, <laughs> but it got down to which which means that 
next gen stats said that in similar situations, 96% of the time, the Bengals would have won the game. And obviously it was in the fourth quarter. It was down. They were down by 11, 31, 20. And then boom, Shaq Lawson done. And then boom, a, a touchdown. And then boom, but the defense just totally, held. it was such a team win. And I love wins where the run game was awesome. The pass game was awesome. Again, that Keela Cole, it, it, it counts for me. I mean, I listen, if they wouldn't have won, then it would, but whatever, it counts for me. And Braxton Barrios, congratulations. That was great too, but that was the best catch I've seen all year. And then the defense, they held up. CJ Mosley allowed 34 yards in coverage. Just, that's an awesome number. And then I was, I don't know, just really fun to watch. And then Michael Carter, the, the other Michael Carter on the other side of the ball, really nice job as well. Like it's super it was great to see how many people stepped up and they were happy. It was a good time. It was the, a great time. It was, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Smiles, I excitement. That's I love it. It was fun. And by the way, it's always good to knock off the guys. Number one, the Ravens fans should be writing notes. But other than that, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Other than that. <laughs> and hey, it was Halloween. It was trick or treat. The Jets got a treat. That's all we're going to say. That's a perfect way to end this edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. As always, Cynthia, thank you very much. And we will talk to you next week.